0: Happy 2020 from First Bite and Speech Therapy PD.com. We wanted to announce that to kick off 2020 for the first time ever, we will be issuing out and wait for it, drum roll, dun 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 dun, an all new Podcourse subscription. For $79 a month, you get over 175 hours of Asha Continuing Education with 19 new episodes a month. That's fantastic. Well, they want to make sure that you also know we have a brand new coupon code. So the coupon code is F as in first B as in bite, followed by the number 20 F B 20. And that brand new coupon code will give you $20 off the PodCore subscription. So you get 175 hours of continuing ed plus an average of 19 new hours a month all for $59 a year. And we cover everything from early intervention to schools, to adults, to ethics. So be sure to type in F as in first, B as in bite, and then the number's 20. Enjoy your coupon, or as my folks say, enjoy that coupon. folks, and welcome to First Bite, fed, fun, functional resources for the pediatric clinician. I am your host on this nerd venture, Michelle Dawson, MSCCC SLP, the All Things PEDS SLP. I am a colleague in the trenches of home health early intervention, right there with you. I run my own private practice, Heartwood Speech Therapy, in Cola Town, South Carolina and guest lecture nationwide on best practices for early intervention for the medically fragile child. First Bite's mission is short and sweet, to bring light and hope to the world for the pediatric clinician, parent, or advocate. In this podcast, we cover everything from AAC to breastfeeding, best practice for running a private practice, and all the nitty-gritty details involving feeding and swallowing by interviewing the subject matter experts themselves. We bring the data to you. Every fourth episode, I am joined by the lovely Erin Forward, MSP, CFSLP, a Yankee transplant who actually inspired this journey and who also walks the wild, woolly, and sometimes sticky walk of early intervention with us. Sit back, relax, and watch out for all the squirrels and enjoy this geeky gig brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. So today's topic falls in the fun and functional category because of the amazing speaker that we have lined up. It's the one and only Mr. Stephen Neese, SLP. Now, if that name sounds familiar, well, I'm kind of hoping that it should because he is the voice behind our introduction songs every Tuesday night. Steven is the One Man Band, CEO and founder of Speech and Language Songs, a YouTube channel with over a thousand plus followers, where you can obtain custom-made songs as well as general songs that focus on core vocabulary, articulation and phonology, language, and even the ever so sought after in our field, literacy. And Stephen's a repeat guest. So be sure to check him out in episode number 58 Early Childhood and AAC with Speech and Language Songs. Also, like I girl crush his wife because Allie is co owner of The Alley, which is like the most amazing um, tap room in Aiken, South Carolina. So shout out to your amazing wife because I just, she's. She's wonderful. They do yoga and it be- what is it? Yoga and stretch, yoga beer stretch yeah, or something they like that.
1: Yeah, uh, Bend and Brew is what they call it.
0: That's that's a wonderful invention, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so focus. Today's focus takes um a shift away from what we covered in our last episode. It was episode number 58, early childhood and AAC with speech and language songs. But today's focus discusses the power of hierarchy in cues. And the evidence behind um, the push-in model. So yay, this is all very critical to those of us in early intervention that have little ones that are transitioning into early childhood special education. So... um, on that awkward note, Mr. Steven, take it away, friend.
1: (laughs) Hey, uh, thanks for uh, having me uh, back on the podcast. Uh, So things are going pretty good on uh, my end, Uh, still working for uh, Aiken County Public School District. Uh, So I I do um, assistive technology and AAC kind of consult for uh, a a majority of the school, not majority, uh, some of the schools. uh, And then I have a, a a person that I work with, another speech pathologist uh, that I work with that does the other uh, part of the schools uh, in Aiken County. So uh, everything's going good.
0: Nice. Okay. So, um, uh, and speech and language songs is just kind of taking off because every time I turn around, you have, you're, you're branching out into a new area. When, when you first yeah, started yeah. this, it was like primarily Arctic and phonology. And then You moved into core vocab, right?
1: Yeah, we're uh, uh, slowly trying to make some more stuff. Um, So we started off with our tick stuff and uh, doing some core vocabulary. And we're just going to continue that. So we come out with a new uh, song every week. And uh, we just started doing some literacy stuff as well. So we're doing phonics. Uh, type songs right now so we just there's so many i have so many different ideas about uh, songs to do so it's just a the matter of time to get all of them done so i have plenty of material for the next uh, couple years to come at least uh to create some new songs but yeah a, a main focus recently has been uh core vocabulary songs uh we, we really based it off of uh the top 100 You know, high frequency uh, core words uh, that we are uh, trying to target in a fun, engaging way, Uh, Mm -hmm. and to have the videos be uh, uh, fun and engaging, and uh, something that it would be maybe part of a lesson. Like maybe you can front load and uh, do the song at the beginning, maybe sandwich it, do it at the beginning, at the end. Uh, We do some push-in lessons where we kind of start it off, and uh, some of the kids uh, really really enjoy those. uh, But we kind of try to hit. Uh, a specific core vocabulary word for each song and really kind of focus on that.
0: Perfect. Perfect. There's a zoo one that I've used. I
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that was one of the first ones. We did like. The zoo and the park and uh and school, yeah, those are like the first three.
0: Yes, the zoo one works for me, and so I'm
1: I'm glad you like that one.
0: Between you and a certain puzzle, I I have one kid that's pretty happy come Thursday morning. So, go (laughs) to you, thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so we're we're gonna take a a big jump and go into prompting hierarchy and why that's important for AAC. And I have to be honest when. When when we first discussed doing this, I I feel like you I, – I may get like the groundwork and we're just starting to dispose, expose a tiny human to AAC and then they sure, go to the public yeah. schools and you guys do like all the work. So when you and I run across each other at like a conference, I feel like such a novice newbie and that's why I'm always like, Steven
1: what is it talking I, about
0: because I, like i don't know grammar on an AAC device i'm like let's pick out the first five right, words yeah. <laughs> so, yeah
1: yeah and, the, and that's a, such a good that? place yeah and that's a good place to be i mean so it, it's kind of tough and that kind of brings me to something before i started talking about the prompting it's just being uh an expert on all these different areas yes. it's, it's, it's so uh, difficult too impossible uh, to do so luckily i'm just you know, focusing on assistive technology, AAC stuff in the school. So that's a very, very specific thing, you know, so I get to get uh, somewhat decent at one small tiny 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 area uh, and that yes. seems like it takes a lot of work in and of itself uh but to and, and which is cool because then i get to consult with which with a bunch of other uh cool slps and teachers special ed teachers self-contained teachers general ed teachers um and share that information but that's all i got you know i'm i'm uh, uh, just focusing on that area so that that makes it uh fun but it's it's so impossible to know everything about all these different areas which is crazy uh and- but uh, i guess that's a profession that
0: Yes, but I love I love that we have that you and I are the bridge there, right? So like this most of the folks that are listening do the early childhood. So like we need to know what is it that would best help, like, what can we do in the world of early intervention to help set the tiny human up for success when that critical three to four year old timeline rolls around and they go to to, to the public schools, because I know a fair few of my little ones don't go to the schools right away when they're three. They like choose to wait a year because, you know, they're normally getting through like illnesses and cooties and like sure, yeah. tiny human stuff. But mm-hmm. um, that's 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 why I'm excited. OK, so yeah, <laughs> prom- prompting hierarchy. Yeah, when I'll I get back
1: this,
0: on track. Sorry. No, 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 no. My qu- like when I hear that, I'm like, OK, so do we start off with the object? A colorful photo of the object, the black and white photo of the object. Like, what is prompting hierarchy? Are we yeah, yeah away yeah. from the f- pictures?
1: <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's really like the level of cueing, the level of prompting that you're providing uh, a client or a child. um So uh, and uh, knowing the uh, correct level is uh, super, super important. Like whatever that child needs, and of course, it's, you're not going to be able to. Uh, uh, just tell somebody what it is. You have to really get to know the child and understand. And each child is going to be uh, different as with uh, most, th- most things. Uh, so you have to find out. Um, so too much of a certain prompt, uh, you're over accommodating. And now progress is going to stop because you're, uh, you know, giving them way too much prompting. It's like they don't need it. So they need to be able to have that space to grow. And then you have too little uh, frustration may set in and uh, you'll, you will not see any progress Um, so Um, sometimes like the prompting uh, doesn't appropriately match the child and the team just uh, thinks that, okay, AAC is just not the way to go and uh, nothing happens. And this also happens maybe if there's a a choice of device or vocabulary set, uh, there's just a poor fit uh, for that. Um, So, and what I'm talking about, let me kind of go back and talk about what prompting hierarchy is like, what, what is a prompt hierarchy? Um, There are really two that I, uh, look at a lot of times. Um so I'll talk about the first one, uh Kate Aaron, so she's kind of a a big name in like AAC stuff. Um so she has one that she developed uh I would imagine a few years back. Um so I've used that one for a while and uh, I'll just kind of take you through that to kind of lay some groundwork uh to understand what I'm kind of referring to when I when I say prompt hierarchy. Uh so The first thing that she always wants to say say is I always use aided language stimulation. So regardless of what level of prompting that you're uh, providing the client, uh, you want to make sure that you're continuously modeling and giving that input into them. You know, so partner augmented input, aided language support, all that stuff. So you want to, that's going to be intensive, extensive across all environments. You're providing that input just as if you would be providing the uh, verbal input uh, for a child that's going to be verbal. Uh, so you want to do this. Okay. Yes. So so like you are actually physically, um, it it depends on what the situation is. You may be actually using the child's device to show them what you are telling them. So that's that. So like, I want to
0: eat, I want eat, I want drink. No, no eat, no different.
1: Right. Like I'm touching
0: their device in front of them.
1: Yeah, so it is basically what you are saying to that child, you are also providing uh, with the device. So you're giving those prompts, those models uh, for that. Uh, so that, and then really we're going to flip that and what they are going to say expressively. And then that's where, where the uh, level of prompting changes. So uh, when you're kind of receptively, you know, you're giving them input, you still want to model for them. Um, So let's kind of go through all of the different uh, levels. Um, And this is going to be start off with the least invasive and then go all the way to the most invasive or most restrictive. Um, And this is uh, Kate Aarons. And uh, I want to talk about two different ones because I think this one's a little more uh, difficult for uh, general ed teachers, parents, special ed teachers to understand. Uh, But if you're talking to other therapists and a speech pathologists, this may be a good way of talking about it, but there's a secondary one that's a little more concise and easy to understand for uh, somebody who is maybe a novice in this area. So I like to kind of uh, reference both of those. Uh, So so the uh, uh, first level is uh, just creating uh, engagement, creating motivation, create circumstances uh, which are going to engage the child and uh, make them want to communicate. Um, So that's like the first level. And and I'm sure there's some like an argument of is that really a prompt, you know, Um, but uh, uh, so then it quickly moves on. So that's kind of the first uh, level. You want to make sure you're doing something that is engaging and motivating for that child. And and I know you have plenty of experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like the biggest the thing they love the most, like if it's like jumping on a trampoline, right? Yeah, or... yeah.
1: Utilize that, leverage whatever their interest is. And and I guess the tough part about that is cuz sometimes people ask, "Okay, what is that?" you Know, I, I don't know. Um, it's going to be uh that individual child. Um, and uh, there's a, will well, take a quick aside real quick and uh talk about um, there's like an interest inventory if you want to get like really specific in uh, uh, you know, giving it to the parent. There's this on AAC Language Lab, and I know there's a paywall on there, so I don't know if it's on the free side or the paid side, I can't remember to be honest okay. with you. I'm glad uh, that
0: you explained that because I was like, what's a paywall?
1: paywall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Thank> so, <you. laughs> sorry. Uh, so, yeah. I'm
0: old, Stephen. I'm old. Make me cool, man. Help <laughs> me out. Uh,
1: so if you uh go on aac language lab and search it you may not have access to it and i'm sorry if you don't uh but uh, there's an interest inventory but you really don't have to use that one that was just uh, an example that i can think of and uh luckily our school district does have a um um, username and password for that. Uh, so we're, we have access to it. But anyway, it has a bunch of different things uh, for a parent to check off on, like what it, is my kid interested in? Uh, but it, obviously you don't need a checklist to figure that out. Maybe a conversation with the parents and just your exposure and trying a bunch of different things. You may be able to figure that out. But anyway, so that's super, super um, uh, important. All right. So then um, the next level, and really, between each of these levels, uh, what Miss Aaron says is just to wait. You're you're uh, going to add that pause, you know, a little bit of wait time to see if you need to move up to uh, another level of prompting. And that's kind of where you are going to find that sweet spot. You provide a prompt, give that wait time. Okay, that wasn't enough. So now I'm going to go to the next level, and you keep repeating. Do you mean that. like
0: a latency period? Yeah. So yeah give, uh, give the prompt and then have a latency period boy. and then before you
1: okay. Yeah. Wait and, and, this, and this is that, really yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say that's where I struggle with. I'm impatient. Listen to me, I'm <laughs> yeah, interrupting yeah. you asking the question, right? Because like I'm I self help skills, I need to learn patience. Patience <laughs> is a virtue. I have heard that my entire life. But does she give a suggestion on what latency period we should use? Because I have to yeah. literally count to five Mississippi
1: yeah the, and uh, again everything's going to be individualized, so we have to find what is appropriate, but they say ten to fifteen seconds, which is uh, I, I know are you that's, that's very long and especially if you start counting that out, it is really, really long, and that's uh,
0: worse than blues clues by the way <laughs> just right. Saying. So
1: <laughs> that's, like, that's way longer probably than yes. that Um so, okay. so that's what, um, that, and I don't know if there is a specific, like this is the exact amount of time that was found uh, via this extensive research study, but, um, in looking at all of the stuff on like practical AAC and things like that, uh, which is a great website. Um, but, uh, they, uh, what I've found is 10 to 15 seconds is what the general uh, recommendation is. Um, so, which is super, super long. Um, yes. but, but this is really, I, You know, this is like, let's say the first time you're working with a child, the first few times, you're really trying to find where that appropriate uh, prompting Mm -hmm. sweet spot is. So it's not like you have to go through this whole process every time Uh, you'll figure out, okay, this kid uh, really needs uh, direct verbal cues every single time or we're talking. Uh, you know, partial, uh, physical cues or something like that. Um, and you don't have to go from create motivation and they go all the way down this rung and wait 15 seconds in between, you know, you won't, you won't do anything, (laughs) you know? Uh, so this is initially, you're finding that sweet spot and then kind of landing on it. Then you know uh, what they need to do. But then as you move up and, um, are are doing some uh, skills that are a little more difficult, then you're going to have to tweak, uh, that level of prompting. So, uh, uh first, you create motivation, you wait <laughs> you know they may they may respond and, and utilize an AAC device without anything else um but the their uh, miss aaron 's uh, next thing is uh expectant pause, so just really providing that wait time and then following that is indirect visual cues um so that 's just uh using a gesture and there's a couple different things that we've done with uh uh, a C is like, uh, using a flashlight or a laser pointer, or you're just moving the communication system closer, just, uh, a little more indirect cue, not directly pointing. It's like, look, you need to go right here. All right. So then, uh, after that, after indirect visual cue, you bump it up to a direct visual cue. So you're directly pointing and that can be a lot of different things. Um, you can just use your hand, uh, of course. Um, another thing is some people have done uh there's like these little looking glasses that basically cut out exactly the size of the icon uh depending on what you're Magnet- using Magnet- yeah, you yeah, can do like it, a magnifying glass. Yeah. but And there's some that are like little stars and that you have a cutout in the middle. Some people use pipe cleaners and they can just uh, uh, create that uh, space in the middle of it uh, to mm-hmm. be exactly the size of it. Some people, we were talking yesterday, and, and uh, they had wiki sticks and they were going to do wiki sticks. I was like, cool, uh, yeah, go, go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do. <laughs> the
0: last time I saw wiki sticks was at, um what is that Margaritaville restaurant in Myrtle Beach?
1: Is it Margaritaville? Is that i think
0: i think it's i think it's is that what it's Minnie called Buffett? somebody somewhere is like Shall- yes this place they they give tiny humans wiki sticks to play with and do I they have- really? yes they do that's their entertainment instead of crowns they give the kids wiki sticks oh, and fun. somehow or another my sweet little boobaloo dawson managed to convince waitress to basically give him like uh, i don't know like a month's stash <laughs> so he's um, creating yes.
1: some uh some cool stuff
0: Yes, yes, um, and we did make a magnifying glass, and um, well, yeah. while while we were there. So yes, this is wonderful. Might be an SLP's kid win. But
1: like, <laughs> Thank you. just to- Implicitly <laughs> knew that after uh, spending time, so much time with it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so you move on to a, a direct visual cue again. Um, so after that indirect, you want to provide that wait time. Say, like, okay, do they need another level? Uh, okay. So now we did direct visual cue, directly pointing and you know, using all those different things that we just talked about. All right. So that still didn't work. So we need a upper, our, upper our ante. Um And then move into an indirect verbal cue is the way uh, that she has it laid out. And let me stop and uh, say this. I've seen a couple different of these prompting hierarchies, and there are slight differences in those. I don't know if we have like a, this is the prompting hierarchy, this is the one. You know, to uh, go to, but they're all very, very, very similar. So, if I'm what I'm saying is different from something that a listener out there is uh, utilizing, that's okay, of course. Um, this isn't the one that is said. This is the only one. Uh, there, are, I'm sure, slight differences out there. Anyway, uh, but so you move on to an indirect verbal cue. So you're, uh, and and then you can kind of basic. The way I, I look at it is like anything that's below that or uh, less invasive, you can kind of combo it. You're not moving away from direct visual cue. And now I'm only doing indirect verbal cue. I'm doing what that is one.
0: Condu- what do you mean, conduit?
1: Oh, like, like, do it like together. Like, uh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know how I said it in a weird way. I may have said it in a weird way. Yeah, uh, but, no. but, I was <laughs> like, what is
0: this technical terminology? No, no it's, it's like, not technical. Right. <laughs>
1: I just said it in a strange way. Um, so, it do all the things uh, like under it. Um, so, you're doing like indirect verbal cue, but you also are doing whatever was less invasive. Uh, prior to that as well. You can like do a combo of those things. Um, So indirect verbal cue, and that's like giving a hint. Use a partial verbal cue. You're not telling them exactly, you know, what to do, but you're kind of giving them a really good idea of what they're doing because you want to kind of peel these layers back and go really slowly because they may not need to say, uh, you need to find this one, you know uh very 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 uh specific uh so then you provide that wait time again and then you 're moving on to more of the direct verbal cue directly tell the individual like what you're you're asking them to uh to to find all right now we 're looking for go we're looking for go, you know, so you already provided it was like what does a car do? That was more of the indirect thing, and then you 're moving to the direct verbal cue of like all right we 're finding go um and then you again you're giving uh more wait time. And then you move in really kind of to those uh more physical prompts uh following that um and I'm gonna jump over and uh, talk about the second one, so I really kind of used two that I was talking about earlier um okay, so wait, this I this one's a little more technical and then the other one's a little more uh clear cut and a little easier to understand i think but okay, go ahead well, I, have,
0: I have I have one quick question on the physical cues sure. There was there was the episode on Give me two seconds. Was it um, was it sixty minutes or CBS that they oh. had it like redact? And it was where they were like doing hand over hand, but they were like making the selection for huh. the the user. Versus, I, I,
1: yeah, I'm not familiar with it, but I, I can yeah, some, understand what you're talking about.
0: There was there was a news thing where they were um, doing the selection. For the user and it had to do with, they were doing AAC. Somebody somewhere is like screaming it into the car radio right now and or at the gym. And (laughs) (laughs) it was supposed to be like the new type of like physical cueing. So when you're talking about physical cueing, are you, do they describe, is it like literal hand over hand or is it like prompting um, like a brush at the back of the hand or like a brush on the elbow to activate? Do they give specifics on that? Because that's made me nervous ever since then.
1: Yeah, no. Well, it gets way uh, deeper into that. So it's you have partial physical uh, cues, and then you kind of move to more uh, full physical cues. And it, again, you're you're moving through these levels. Um, you're and each of those levels can be even more minute than that. You know, so partial. How partial is that? So you want to again, you're going from the least invasive, and uh, you want them to be as in, independent as possible. So as, um, you're only going to like a full physical if you have to do that, if that's absolutely. But uh, so a partial physical, uh, you uh, nailed it with like uh, basically a tap on, the, the elbow towards the device, um, kind of getting them in the general vicinity. So that can be a partial physical. Um, and then you're moving to more, uh, full physical and you can do more of like a hand under hand, you know, you're not pointing for them. And then I would say the last thing that you would do would be hand over hand. Um, and again, that's, that's only if, uh, you have to do that. If they're able to access it any other way prior to that, then, allow them to do that. Because again, you're you're trying to uh, develop an independent skill uh, that they will be able to use. Um, So I I don't know if that answers that question, because I'm not not sure exactly what uh, uh, the 60 minute thing is. Uh, It it sounds like it probably was they were doing hand over hand when that was not uh, necessary, or when they were, you know, saying that it was something that it wasn't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was a very yeah.
0: heated um yeah, go check it out because it was all yeah. about and I think it was like ten years ago,
1: oh okay, so and it was a while back
0: yeah it was it was a while back, but it was very like contentious and it it made me super but it was one of those things that you know how you come across an article and it just sticks with you and it like sure, burns yeah. an image into your soul and you're like, I will never do that. Yeah, that's yeah. what. Happened to my like little novice AAC brain, and so ever since then, when anybody's like hand over hand, and I'm like, oh, but we're not supposed to do that, <laughs> so like, right? It, and and I remember some makes stuff about like describe, describe that,
1: yeah. It was like, I, and 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 I could be uh, uh stepping over a line that I was on, uh, unaware of, uh, but uh, we, <laughs> we I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, it's uh, the last resort uh, for, yes. for doing something like that, and you're really just just trying to help them make a selection um yeah. that you, you're, you're trying to get to um and
0: i've used that to like help teach it so like, like
1: yeah this yeah is our
0: device and like so i mean i've done that for like the first couple of iterations so like yes okay yeah All we're right. not not
1: not trying <laughs> to control them or anything like that uh you, mm-hmm. the uh, idea is uh you're trying to get to those independence uh independent skills or uh, mm-hmm. snugs um. What, what was that uh, spontaneous novel utterance generation? You know, you're trying to get them to get to that. A
0: snug. Uh, get to a that's snug. my new favorite word.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that acronym, snug. So that's what you're trying to get to. But if they're well, uh, well away from that, you have to do uh whatever you need to do to help them uh, uh, learn that skill. Uh, nice. But but the other uh one that we we're looking at and we kind of talk about it a little. More simpler terms, I think, is a, a prompting hierarchy that uh, goes from visual, verbal, and then you kind of have those indirect and directs uh, inside those. Then you're more gestural, and then you're moving to uh, modeling. So you, you're actually modeling it for them, and then a partial. Uh, Physical and then full physical, and again there are all these nuances within uh, those different categories as well. Um, And and I think though the main part of it is for the entire team to be on board that there are these levels of prompting. Um, So when we're talking parents, uh, especially more of your uh, side of things, because you're dealing directly with the uh, the parents uh, a good bit more. Uh, And on my side, since I work in the school district. Uh, We're talking about the uh, paraprofessionals, uh, the uh, general ed teacher, depending on the situation, a self-contained special education teacher, resource teacher, things like that, and other uh, SLPs, OTs, PTs, because we want to be able to discuss... Uh, where this child is you know like well this is what I'm saying well this is what I'm saying and uh, uh, team members could be all over the map but if you start talking about level of promptings like what well what level of prompting are you providing you know if they're doing really really well and you find out that they're doing a bunch of hand-over-hand prompting you're like well I mean you're not really allowing them to independently select anything so and I'm saying that they're only uh, you know able to select, you know, one word at a time and they have a uh, independently being able to do like five total words, but I'm at a level that's more just verbal prompting. I'm prompting them verbally and that's it. Um, that's going to land a lot differently than somebody who is full physical showing them exactly what to do. Um, so I th- it's very important to find that sweet spot. How much uh, prompting does that child actually need and get on the, the to same page? Up. Yeah, eventually to to get to where it's a spontaneous novel, uh, Utterance Generation, where they're able to do it on on their own. You know, that's kind of where we want them to go. But to discuss it as a team, it's really important that everybody understands that there are levels to this. And uh, then we can kind of all move. And and it does two different things. You can actually identify, all right. This is where the child is, and we can see that. And also, it shows you, like, okay, there's incremental progress that is going on here. If we're moving, you know, um, we're having to do more of a partial physical, and now we're no longer even having to nudge that elbow. They're able to do it on their own, just with uh, visual and verbal, maybe even gestural. Um, That's a big step forward. And that may have been missed if uh, you didn't discuss the different levels of prompting that were present. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. I'm I'm just thinking of like all the different team members because you were rattling off like your interprofessional team sure. for like a school district. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we have we have similar ones at home, but in early intervention, it, it's give or take where the child is seen. So where y'all have general education teacher, we might have, um, daycare teacher, we might have home health nurse that sits with them, whether it be a CNA, LPN or RN, give or take like the severity of need, um, we might have, um, and when it's done right, it's a beautiful thing. We might have an ABA team. Um, and I am well aware of the scope of practice encroachment. That's a conversation for a whole nother day, but, um, Uh, I mean, I have one lady that like I know who's absolutely dynamic and she's married to an SLP. Um, And so she's when I work with a kiddo on the spectrum and has an AAC device, she'll actually bring in the entire child's um, ABA team from line to lead to the, you know, she's the the, um, BCBA and we'll sit down and discuss that as a team. And that's that's great. I know it's it's yeah, so right. rarely done that it makes her stand out but she has keen insight as her wife is an SLP you know so like gotcha. she yeah. she sees the world uniquely through that lens sure. which I just I mean yeah. of course you know those kids make amazing progress
1: <laughs> uh, Well, I'm for the day Yeah yeah and and that's really kind of what uh This uh, prompting hierarchy, like like that's what it's done uh, this year. We've kind of placed more of a, uh, uh, we're trying to uh, have a focus on this this year um, Mm -hmm. and getting all those team members on board. And I feel like people feel more confident in what they're doing they're like able to identify uh, and the last you can episode, quantify it yeah exactly last episode we yeah. talked about alp um and all that stuff uh yes. stuff for slp stuff um so we talked about that and that, that kind of what we, we were able to quantify and this is just another level of that so we can kind of quantify it uh on a different uh level um but people can talk about it you know they and they get excited okay well now we're we're able to just model for them and they're able to uh make that selection when we were uh, you know, again, having to do a full physical or partial physical prompt and they see that. And I don't know if in, in the past they were seeing that, you know, in the in the cases that uh that I'm seeing, you know, it was kind of more they're still not able to do it independently completely. And if it was it's it like an all or nothing kind of thing.
0: And and what I have seen is that kids are smart and they will learn which caregiver or team member lets them get away with yeah. the, you know, the business. No doubt. And so it's always really funny to be like, all right, we're sitting around the table and it's like, okay, which one of us is normally in my world, it's like the kitchen table, but like, which one of us is the weak link, (laughs) which one of us is a sucker, you know, because like, and every once in a while it's me because, you know, I am... (laughs) what i am but like i'm like oh you need a little more help okay here you go and like sure. yeah
1: whatever but, and, and i feel um, like we all we all have at least a little bit of that um we want to help. Yeah. help we want to help we want we want to do what's best for them um and so that that is tough it's so hard to find uh that su- uh, sweet spot how much uh, what level of uh, help do they really need um and, and it, we struggle with that it's hard it's hard but that's okay
0: that, i I'm going to increase five Mississippis up to at least seven <laughs> Mississippis. How about that? <laughs> it
1: is a, and it's a very long time. It is a very long time. Um, oh and, and, the, and that uh, like brings me to just like thinking about being in some of these classrooms and seeing uh, it's tough. It's tough for people to wait that long. Um, so that, that's something that we're going to continuously need to improve upon. Um, but it is allowing that wait time. It's, and a lot of times kids are surprising us. You just like have to sit back and wait. We want to answer for them. We want to answer for them and, and help them because mm-hmm. it's, coming, it's coming out of a very positive place. You know, so it's not, not like uh, they're trying to take their voice away or anything like that. But mm-hmm. you see people get, get very used to answering uh, uh, for them. And it, it's kind of a tough conversation sometimes because we're, I start talking about and, and the person that I work with closely starts talking about, well, what are they going to do down the road? you know and it's a little more you know especially when we're talking about older kids uh we're talking because mm-hmm. we push into middle and high school as well so that's a little bit farther away from um like the early intervention stuff but it's I'm,
0: okay we're setting the foundations that's oh, yeah. honestly how i view our world is where the where the foundations where the the building blocks that everything else is is um predicated upon and right right i kind of feel like if we need to create a firm foundation; otherwise, everything will fall downhill. Which, sure. And which can it's,
1: I? It's never too early to start, you know, that road to independence type thing. So
0: yes, and that's one thing that I hear. Unfortunately, a lot of times, early intervention gets a bum rap that we just like play with the tiny humans. But like, we're 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 the starting place. Absolutely. I mean, And sometimes the NICU is the starting place or like the hospital is the starting place. But often it's y'all, it's us. You're the workhorse that sets it up for everything else downstream, which is why we need to know about things such as prompting hierarchy and core vocab and and the concepts behind why we should pick out certain devices and
1: oh wow yep. yeah and, and, and we we deal with that uh we're actually we you know just had an intake uh, recently and i was uh we haven't really done much uh with this kiddo as far as the uh, at consultant we this was the first time i i met the kiddo yesterday um mm-hmm. but if uh, things were starting much earlier who knows where that kid would be. Yes. Um so but but yeah. unfortunately in that uh, particular situation nothing really was uh going on. Um so we're we're starting from where we are, which is fine, you know, and we'll, we'll do the best we can from uh, you know moving forward, but the earlier the better, obviously. Yep, or, earlier the better.
0: Which is why we which is why I keep asking you back. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks. I, I appreciate
0: you uh,
1: asking me. I'm glad. Um, okay,
0: all right. So what? And
1: the, and can, the, and, well, can we uh, jump and the, to
0: push in? Oh, absolutely, we,
1: absolutely. Or yeah. do I have
0: to behave myself? No, no,
1: you're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll absolutely do that. Um, so and that's what I was talking about, like what middle and high school, and it starts uh with that foundation as early intervention being the foundation, and moves all the way up. But we have those conversations. Um, about what are they going to do without you? Cause a lot of uh, yes. teachers, I mean, they really get attached their, to their kids and I, I completely understand that, um, but a lot of times they are understanding them a and this is if we're talking about like an intelligibility type thing we have some uh kiddos with like cp and things like that that need some aac devices but the the teacher states that they completely understand them but then i kind of prompt them with that question of but does anyone else like if they went to walmart uh, by themselves, and needed to find the restroom or something like that, would they be able to be understood and then it becomes like, "Oh, well, no, probably not." I was like, "Well, think about it like that i 'm really glad you can understand." Um, but we probably need to be thinking about how they can become completely independent. And those are more conversations that occur, you know, later on down the road. But you're right, that foundation uh, needs to be set early, early on. Because, again, we're, we're looking at that complete independence is what we're, we're searching for. Um, but uh, to switch back into push-ins, because all this kind of obviously uh, melds together. Uh, so r- currently uh, we're doing push-ins uh, from high school Uh, classrooms. And and we're only doing uh, self-contained classrooms at this point. Um, uh, Again, I mean, it's a matter of time. Uh, There's only a certain amount of uh, classrooms that we can push into. Uh, But we're doing uh, self-contained classrooms ranging from high school all the way down to preschool uh, special needs classrooms. Um, And I'll kind of tell you what, what we are looking at. Like how we kind of set it up, and then uh, and how we can kind of talk more so about uh, why it's important and the kind of pitfalls and all that. Um, so typically right now we kind of have a, a, a our model lesson is we start off with a song, uh, typically to kind of start the lesson. Um, then we have a uh, pretty much a read aloud type thing. And then uh, an activity, which uh, changes pretty much every time we can uh, play a game a little bit, like a, a type of game, uh, switch activated toys, uh, but uh, we're like targeting core words written on dice. We've used like pop the pig, alligator dentist. We've done like uh, musical chairs.
0: Alligator dentist? Yeah,
1: yeah. But, Is that
0: the thing where you game? touch the tooth
1: and the alligator bites you? Yeah, yeah. So we were doing one where um, I, I was the uh, guinea pig and so I was like moving my (laughs) around and they were uh, having to choose which um, tooth by using stop and go. So I was going okay. go, 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 go. And then stop. <laughs> and then they they really enjoyed uh, when the alligator bit my hand. It was fun. <laughs> um, but but anyway, so we we do a lot of uh fun activities to tie in whatever core vocabulary word we were uh, so we did a song, then we did a lesson, uh like a read aloud type thing, and then we uh targeted the uh something that's really engaging for the kids. So we try to find something that's really fun um so that's kind of what we do and our main point is uh going through a bunch of different core vocabulary giving exposure to them as well as showing them uh the uh, showing an say them showing like uh the SLPs that are actually within the building uh the teachers the age uh, aids um the importance of modeling so we're uh, how to model why to model and what to model, really. Um, So why are we modeling core vocabulary words? And we've seen some really good response from it. Um, And it almost feels a little more implicit than explicit, which um, was kind of surprising to us. Uh, But it, it seems like us showing them what to do and having them do it with us, because they were, I mean, everybody, all those team members are participating throughout that entire lesson. It's not me just running the show. They are all involved with it. You know, I'm out there, you know, playing a song or something, but they are modeling because I can't, you know, play a, uh, the guitar and sing at the same time as uh, providing some modeling. Uh, so all of them are, are doing that. So we've seen uh, a lot of Uh, progress within the classrooms, uh, because they are actually taking those, uh, and I think a huge part of it is the uh, paraprofessionals within the rooms, uh, them doing a really, really good job of modeling uh, for those kids, and seeing the importance of it, and then, so that happens, so, like, we are pushing in, like, for a 30-minute lesson every other week, you know, and then we have they, holidays and all this stuff. So we miss a lot of time. So they are with them uh, for uh, way, 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 way more time than we are. So that's kind of the big thing is them uh, being able to be confident in, in a model and do all that. stuff. So what, what was your question?
0: Okay. So in the push-in model, when you're pushing in, you're pushing in in the sense Because I'm old and I haven't worked in the public schools since I was an SLPA-ish. And so when I think of push-in, I think of the older method of like you are working with a child that has a language delay or impairment in a typically developing classroom. But when you're pushing in, you're pushing in as the SLP pushing into the SPED classroom um, with a little one doing like a group model, are there typically developing kids in the classroom or?
1: Not, not in these situations. No. Okay. Um, so, so in this uh, scenario, and, and this is, uh, we have uh, self-contained classrooms and obviously we don't have, uh, con- as the SLPs, we don't have control over the, the uh, that model. Um, so yeah, just, no.
0: uh, wouldn't that be lovely <laughs> if you did though? <laughs> <kinks are laughs> yeah. So uh,
1: that, that is the, the way uh, our particular school district is, um, Uh, running things so that is a self-contained classroom so we push in and it varies uh, what how many kids are actually utilizing a device but we typically at least have one uh, kiddo but we're uh, doing the lesson with the entire uh, class Uh, so that that that's how uh, our you know, situation is set up
0: okay so i see this as a win because some children in the um self-contained classroom may need the speech generating device but even if they don't necessarily need the speech generating device just the modeling of that core vocab language right I mean, we all know the more that we model the more that it lays down a neural network and the better right. language acquisition so like
1: yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so we, we, yeah, we don't uh, see it as a waste of time for the rest of the kids. Um. So typically, all right, so, and I'm just thinking of one, you know, one classroom in particular, but very, very similar across the board. Um, so we go into a classroom and I'm thinking of one where this class has three different devices um, and those three different language systems that we identified over the course of a uh, long AT evaluation. We found the right device, the right vocabulary set, um, the right fit for that kid, um, that those individuals. All right. So the rest of them in that classroom, we still use, uh, a, a manual, uh, board. So a core vocabulary board, we typically, it varies, but we typically are using Lamp Words for Life, uh, that home, uh, page, just screenshots of those, uh, that are laminated and we have those boards. And so we, uh, use different levels of prompting there too, because, uh, if a kid can independently, uh, uh find those words uh then we're good to go but uh then we use other things like uh, we actually draw on the board sometimes if uh, kid needs help finding those core vocabulary words but anyway uh so like
0: dry erase yeah yeah, yeah exactly okay.
1: uh, dry erase so then we can uh, wipe it off and then the next session we we typically are spending like one to two weeks um or one to two sessions rather on a different core vocabulary word and uh just so we're, we as these push in people are exposing a bunch of different lessons, a bunch of different ways to target a bunch of different things with the expectation that um, the in house SLP as well as the teacher are kind of finding the level of words that they need to be using on an everyday basis, you know, uh, finding that and kind of going with that. Um, But anyway, uh, so we're we're trying to bounce all over the place and kind of, and they're all core vocabulary words, but show them a bunch of different ways to uh, target this, but uh, so they're using those manual communication boards, even the verbal kids, and and if you're familiar with those boards, you see that uh, the words are on there as well. So we see these as uh, literacy activities as well for those uh, verbal kiddos because they are finding the words on the board independently. At least that's what the first attempt is. So as we're going through the lesson, they're creating these uh, sentences, and again, and and we change the uh, level, the amount of words that we're expecting each individual kid to provide back to us based on, uh, their level, level of ability at that point in time, because it could be like, I want to go to the store or something like that. And then some kids are in those classrooms can do that entire thing. They can read all of those words and put that sentence together. Um, and then we, we may need to drop it down to go store or go to store or something like that. So we have to kind of individualize that. Um, but so that's kind of really what it, what it looks like. That's amazing. And, and But luckily we have a lot of adults in those rooms typically because yeah. the uh, school SLP is coming in there with us. So that's an additional uh, person in the room. The uh, gen ed teacher, or excuse me, the uh, special education teacher is already in there. The paraprof- the parapro. are already in there. Then I'm in there or my partner because we go to different uh, schools. Um, but so one of us are in the rooms. Um, so that's a lot more body. So a lot of opportunities to model Uh, When we go in because these uh, these are classrooms that have pretty low uh, amount of uh, children in there so that they're not that many uh, kids in there. That was nice. Oh, my goodness. uh,
0: This is this is a dream, Stephen. This is not what it was like when I was in the public schools a lifetime ago.
1: You know, 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 uh, honestly, I I think we're uh, extremely fortunate uh, that we have some leadership that. We, I mean, we, uh, again, myself, uh, my partner, and then we have an assistive technology lead. Um, we have devised this plan and presented it to them and they were, you know, believed in us enough to allow us uh, to try this. Um, and then we've gotten really, really good results as far as uh, the team feeling more confident as well as just uh, more devices like
0: confident hands. using the, in using their devices Correct. or in like,
1: or, or even okay. just a, accepting it as, as a possibility. I mean, uh, to, to be completely frank and honest, uh, some of these team members did not believe that this was an option for a lot of kids or did not see the importance of it. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's something that we continue to uh, fight that's not, not that we, uh, I've uh, Got buy-in from everyone, 100, percent because that's definitely not the case. But it ha- it has moved the needle in the right direction. Um. So and but what I was saying is we're just very fortunate that we have leadership that trusted us, and I believe that we were going to do something that was very positive. And even with and I, and I know a lot of people are like, well, that can't happen in our school district. And it, I know it's difficult uh, to make stuff like that happen because. Uh, We have uh, shortages in SLPs, you know, so they could easily pull us and, you know, but we are, since it is kind of a smaller group, we are helping those SLPs within the school provide some service time. And I uh, do all that. And we're also helping them with data collection. Uh, are they collecting the right data for these AAC kids and things like that? So we're helping them with all of that. So it is kind of a win-win because a lot of times it's taking a little bit of pressure off of them because we are providing those lessons and they just need to show up. Um, they just need to be present and then, uh, we'll take care of all of the lesson and they're just really kind of collecting data and helping us with it. So, you know, that, that is a a positive and that's kind of what's helpful for us to sell that as a, uh, being an option. But anyway, you know, with a lot of SLP shortages, uh, which our school district is, it will be easy for them to say, you just need to go, uh, do direct services and stop all of this. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, we're fortunate that they did not do that.
0: Okay. So, and, and two, and, and two thoughts on this. One, you just, if you, did you finish up the Leadership Academy or are you in it right now?
1: No. Yeah. I I am done. Uh, So I probably uh, over a year ago now, I think. Okay. All right. I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So folks, Stephen did the ASHA Leadership Academy and graduated. I did that like, a lifetime ago, but they have that available. Yeah. And yes, we work in the world of early intervention or we work in the world of early childhood special education, but apply for that because there's one cohort specific for SLPs in general. There's one cohort specific for SLPs that work in the public schools. Mm-hmm. And I am well aware that a lot of us are hybrid. A lot of us, I mean, work in the public schools during the day and then PRN and home health, EI, like. Sure. Because we have like student loan debt and that's astronomical and crippling. That's a conversation for another day. But um, that would be if you wanted to create that push in model and to support and to, you know, create the argument of, hey, we need to focus more on effective AAC therapeutic strategies. And if we focused on like a crucial conversation around prompting hierarchy, and if we did a push and approach, then we would be able to collect data and yet the argument could be built. That would be a phenomenal, um, application essay for the ASHA leadership development program. And yeah, squirrel, but that would be very exciting. Yeah, okay. no. All right. and, I just I just looked at the
1: clock. <laughs> no, and that, that's a, and I think that's a really good uh, thing to mention because uh, we did what well, were well, like project charters uh, within that yes. program. And I, I mean I, I really think that affected the way of just kind of lining that up and um, making it a win for leadership. And I think yes. how they would understand how this is something that's going to be a win-win, just beneficial for everybody. And that mm-hmm. was easier to sell it that way. Because so, we already built in right, any questions that they had or any caveats, pitfalls. We went ahead and figured out the answers to it, you know, before that we presented. And I think you yes. know going through in a leadership program like that was definitely helpful uh, to selling that and figuring that out.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause they, they teach you. And one of the big benefits is they teach you how to create, take in all the stakeholder buy-ins and create yes. a sound argument. Yep. that's so exactly what is, I did, yeah. Yep. Yep. Stakeholders are important people. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I
1: mean, because you can have a really good idea, like and all this sounds great, but if, if we didn't really kind of go through that and think about it, they, you know, they have too much to think about. And if they mm-hmm. hit a caveat and we didn't have an answer for them, it's like, well, You know, that's, that's that's dead. You know, that, that's over. And I know that can be, that's your paywall. Isn't that what you called (laughs) it earlier?
0: That's your paywall, baby. You you hit (laughs) hit
1: the paywall and you cannot go beyond that. Uh, But yeah, but uh, yeah, so that, that's something that you need to kind of go through and figure it out. And, but you can do all that and still (laughs) get denied, no doubt. Um, But because there are, you know, limitations as far as uh, funding and things like that. But uh, yeah, we're very fortunate. So, and uh, we realize that.
0: Yeah. Okay, so to tie this into the world of EI, sure. in the seven minutes that we have, yeah. um, I go. I do a lot of push-in. But yeah. when I do push-in, it's me, myself, and I, and or a lovely tiny human. And I just finished with my last um, lovely, amazing intern, Miss Murray, who will be heading to Tennessee come um, graduation. And she is amazing and wonderful. And um, my heart is sad that she's leaving our Palmetto State because she's a a firecracker of grace and an amazing student, but she will do wonderful things in Tennessee. But that's normally it. It's me pushing in with an intern at a daycare where I'm trying to convince individuals to even trial an AAC device where they may not have a teacher certification. They may not have gone to school for it. And I'm trying to establish and create buy-in from a team that, um, I've had, I've had, um, daycare workers just say, we don't have time to play on the iPad today. Hmm, hmm, And I'm like, (laughs) that's not what we're doing. (laughs) So like, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot to be said there. So what are, what strategies do you have for those of us in those predicaments?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you almost have to be a, a salesman uh, or sales. Yes, uh, I do. Bit.
0: I feel like a used car sales.
1: Exactly. Sometimes it's super hard. Uh, so I, I think uh, one of the biggest things is showing them a win. Um, if they can see a win and almost create the, or it at least appears as if they created that win, or were an integral mm-hmm. part of doing that, and you have to be like kind of. Uh, hold your tongue a little bit and uh be humble and like i I really did that and i want want to take credit for it but uh you know i uh, knew they were going (laughs) to ask for chocolate chip cookie chips are their favorite things ever (laughs) right right Uh, and kind of help set up a a situation where they can kind of get a win and also just show them the importance of it Uh, a lot of times like having those conversations again i'll reference something that's for older kids but uh uh, talking about going to a store you know uh, walmart which was uh, definitely a thing that these children are going to do later on in life uh these in particular uh and asking for where the bathroom is you know so that that hit home with them so i keep saying that especially oh, the middle and high you school don't
0: no, you don't want to ever ask for the bathroom there.
1: <laughs> like, sorry, never.
0: as a mom, I put, I draw the line there. We don't tinkle. You will hold it till we get home, unless you get the. But like, no, this <laughs> like, is a, yeah.
1: a different situations. <laughs> They're ask independent, the independent uh, adults. But but you could uh, <laughs> translate that into an EI situation as well. Like if they can, if this child can communicate when they are hungry, thirsty, need to go to the restroom, and that limits some behaviors, some negative behaviors, because they really are just trying to communicate something. And I feel like that's probably uh, a a spot where you can win uh, with them. If you can limit any uh, negative behaviors that they're having uh, due to a communication breakdown. And if they are able to actually communicate something, uh, then they may start seeing the... uh, uh, importance of it. I'm not sure but how if you can make that happen. Uh, sometimes that's difficult, especially at the beginnings of it uh, because you're there for such a short period of time. It's really hard to get all those models in uh, for that kiddo to start actually utilizing the device. So it takes a long time. But if they can see a win like that, then I think they buy in a little bit. It'll more.
0: help. Um, I've had success and folks, this is, it is completely dependent upon the buy-in from the daycare and the daycare workers themselves. Sure. Um, and so I've had success with um, low-tech device outside the bathroom door. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah,
0: um, yeah like um, yes, no potty. Um, and they ended up using it also for snack. Um, and it was um, the big red X with a no and a sad face and the happy yellow yes. Yeah. I don't remember why yes was yellow. I don't remember what. it's. It's got to be a, a brand um, and then the potty in between, but I mean, it was, you I've, know, I've like seen a that,
1: that yellow too. It yes. must be a Bram Cause I, I have seen it too.
0: Yeah. I'm like photographic memory is working. I just don't remember where it's from, but, um, that seems, um, that for that kid, I, we, I would push in during snack time and we had a lot of feeding aversions, which is, one of, one of the multitude of reasons that I was in there. And then we were able to request something different. Do you want this? No. And it was like something they hated, right? Like whatever. And then, and then, okay, did you want this? And held up like the desired object. And I don't remember what it was in particular. And you know, the little one would walk over and say yes, which was breaking all the rules because you know we had to get up out of our seat during snack time however they didn't want it on the table so it was like a compromise so we just moved our seat closer to the door that we instead of having to get up and walk we could just like reach from like you know the seat to like where the little door was and and that was that was life-alteringly cool and one thing that I have pushed in with in the daycares is um one little two little three little um was it snowman one little, two little, three little snowman, four little, five. There's a song. It's 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 a snowman, and then like the snowman's like hat blows off, and it's a little video, right? Yeah. That and the one little finger song. Um, I've used those on an AAC device, as well as your trip to the zoo song front and um, done um, circle time where I have pushed in and led circle time with my terrible voice. um, (laughs) because I don't sing and uh, use the communication device, but I got the other kids in the class and you're talking like a room full of like, quote unquote, typically developing three-year-olds and my one little one had some needs and By allowing the other children to use it and then having the teachers recognize that the other kids were picking out like, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I like my words for life, but like picking out the numbers on there and they're like, oh, they found number three. And I'm like, yes, but they did because we know our numbers because it's emergent literacy at its finest, um, but getting them in on it and making it less fearful—that helped.
1: Yeah, no, I can see um, that.
0: Yes, so um, that and peer was...
1: peer modeling too. That's kind of yes, yes. And, but and, um, and I think uh, some uh, you hit on a really good point is uh, flexibility as far as the SLP. You know, the expert coming in and like, well, it should be like this. You know, and uh, you compromising and allowing it you know to be a slightly different than what the plan you would have. Uh, laid out if you were, you know, controlling the whole situation. We had a a situation like that yesterday. I was kind of pushing a, a certain... Uh, uh manual c- communication board and the teacher's like well, I found this on teachers pay teachers and it wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be but it had a lot of good c- core vocabulary it met the needs for what we were talking about so I just shut up and <laughs> and allowed and, a- and let it ride yes. and she has so mo- or it appeared uh at the end of that conversation There was so much more buy in when she was choosing I, you know, she found something. She's uh, taking control and just a uh, letting letting that go. It's not perfect, but it's a way, way, way better than what it was. You know, so it's a huge step forward. And maybe she'll come around to exactly, you know, what, what I think uh, later on down the road. Maybe not, and that's okay. Um, but you it,
0: planted it's, a seed, friend. You yeah, planted yeah. a seed. <laughs> so, so it's
1: kind of like it sounds like that's the same thing. You're you're compromising in those rooms. So I think that's probably yes. a big thing to remember.
0: Yes. Uh, we, we we so desperately want to have everything our way, but that is not the way of the world. <laughs> right. Because if that was the way of the world, well, there'd be a whole lot more angry people. And I mean, there's a fair few of them, but choose joy. Hashtag choose joy. Go <laughs> team. See, I may not know what a paywall is until this conversation, but I know what a hashtag <laughs> that, is. That's pretty good. Of another lovely intern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's sad but true. Okay. All right. I have to give us at least 30 seconds so that somebody can ask a question. Because we always run over. Sure. But um we we had gone over when we started about the amazing things that are coming up. And y'all, I mean, Steven's YouTube channel, Speech and Language Songs, is wonderful and they are especially the core vocab ones are perfectly timed for a little one to use with an AAC device, which is just, it it does allocate for latency period, which is great because a lot of the songs that we normally integrate into our therapy sessions, they just, they don't give the latency period. And I know I'm fast five second rule, right? But like, I'm working on that, but his are beautiful rhythm and rate. And, and, and um, well,
1: one thing to uh, add with that, uh, there's a feature within YouTube, you go into yeah. settings like within the uh, like you can you're looking at the video, there's the settings there at the bottom right, uh, and maybe in the top right if you're like on your phone. Um, but uh, you can go in and change the rate. So you can actually what? slow down the song. So yeah, so like some I, I made the core vocabulary songs to be very simple, redundant and slow, but you can slow those down. Even further, and we've awesome. we, we've done that in some classes because they, I mean, uh, and yeah, what you're talking about, like a lot of kids' songs and just songs in general, are very very fast paced. So you can slow yeah, those down. To
0: process it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, slow
1: those down as well. You can just try it out. You know that that is an option that I found out uh, probably like a month ago, and I didn't know about it either.
0: That's amazing. See, yay, go team. Okay, so there's okay, so I mean, I'm a fan, but I mean, that's why I asked you to come do the thing every Tuesday night. So yay. (laughs) But if somebody wanted to reach out, if they have more questions that we don't have time for, or if they want to learn more from you, how can they best reach you?
1: Sure. uh, You can head to uh, speechandlanguagesongs.com. So uh, we have a website there and there's a little place you can shoot me an email there, but uh, it's speechandlanguagesongs at gmail.com. You can send me an email there. Um, So we do uh, personalized songs where you, we can take uh, some of your kids, those favorite things and create a song especially for them. Um, And I can send that directly to you. Uh, We have a bunch of articulation, core vocabulary, language, literacy songs. And If you have any, uh, anybody out there has any suggestions for songs, they have something that they really want to see, please feel free to send me an email. Glad to work with you and uh, uh, come up with one for you.
0: Perfect. And they're also on Instagram, y'all. So just be sure to check speech and language songs. Um, it's on they're on Instagram as well. Yep. So there's that too. Beautiful. Okay. Well then sit tight and let me switch over to questions, okay? Right, sounds good. Hang on one second. Erin and I wanna start with a really big heartfelt first bite thank you. We have been so encouraged by your kind word, your messages, your glowing reviews of First Bite. This has been a labor of love for the last year and a half. And we we are grateful for y'all being on the First Bite journey with us and supporting us because we... I mean, we work full-time, and this is this is a full-time gig on top of it. And we do it with joy because we understand that the world of early intervention pediatrics needs evidence in it. So we sweet-talked the folks with SpeechTherapyPD.com, and as a thank-you giveaway, we have come up with a, a, a free podcast subscription. So once we hit 130 iTunes written reviews, we're going to pull another name out of the hat, probably with the assistance of an ever-so-handsome goose and a bear, and that person will get a free PodCore subscription. That's our way of giving back, so thank you. So please keep the reviews coming. We only have a few more to go, but once we hit 130, then we will pull that name out of a hat. Happy 2020. Thank you for joining us on the journey, and seriously, y'all rock. Thank you. All right. So we are going to have one dynamite lecture called The Case for ARFID Being a Pediatric Feeding Disorder on Friday, January 24th at 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time presented by Dr. Richard Knoll, MD, PhD. And in that session, he's going to review the consensus definition for pediatric feeding disorders, how it establishes the framework for diagnosis, care, and research that accommodates feeding problems and disturbances in children, including avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And, and this has been a hot-button topic in the world of pediatric feeding and swallowing. So please join me on Friday, January 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Feeding Matters online amazing conference and i am so excited to um, see y'all virtually there that's a wrap folks once again thank you for listening to first bite fed fun and functional i'm your humble but yet sassy host michelle dawson the all things peds slp this podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through speech therapy pd.com Please check out the website if you'd like to learn more about CEU opportunities for this episode, as well as the ones that are archived. And as always, remember, feed your mind, feed your soul, be kind, and feed those babies.